Hello, friends. I am not Jim Nance. I am Jerry Lou, co-host of the From the Back Tees podcast, a podcast from the Back Tees. Your co-host is the always intrepid, ever-present Zachary Pencer, who's joining us as always today. Zach, how you doing today, buddy? I'm doing pretty good. We got a special episode for you guys today. You want to ring him in? Masters preview. This is fun. This is uh, would be our, say, our fifth podcast and our first one we're not doing just in terms of a weekly thing. We've been putting off, saving all this Masters talk and information for you. And right now it's Sunday. The Valero Texas Open is wrapping up as we speak. And we'll probably check our app here or there because... There's one fella who, oh, never mind, Corey Connors. Is it Corey Connors? Corey Connors. He's running away with it. He's extended his lead to three now. And oh, right. uh, Ryan Moore's in the clubhouse. So Corey Connors, 20 under with one hole left to play. Good for him. But Canadian? Canadian, eh? We got Buddy, this. all right. First win in a while for a Canadian. A little bit, a little bit. So anyways uh we we want to thank you on behalf of michigan sports and entertainment and we love being their golf podcast on their platform and uh i'm an itunes and uh iphone users so we appreciate you downloading and subscribing wherever you can as i told my friends on facebook i'm not going to pester you every week when the pod comes out just subscribe like i do like anyone does just to make sure you see that thing come up to make sure you get it on your own very easily and zach how's the what's the best way to find us uh the website uh how can people get in touch with you directly and quickly so yeah the website www.fromthebacktees.com and then through twitter at from the back Tees, that's where i am you could always send us a dm send us any questions you got you want us to answer on the pod and then jerry and the rest of the team have their own independent twitters that you could find on the About Us on the website and then uh, through the podcast on iTunes or Spotify. Indeed. That's uh, kind of how this whole mess got started was me and Zach just uh, BSing on Twitter. So, um, and then here we are. This is finally uh, come to fruition in terms of I enjoy podcasts and half of out of frustration of like, you know, having those uh, guys um make there just wasn't a good podcast out there i thought golf wise that just covered the middle and then lo and behold you want to make one too so here we're doing that and uh i might add uh i was poking at uh barstool sports podcast uh uh riggs or whatever his name is the, the head of it or whatever and he liked one of the tweets that was in the conversation but it was so that meant he at least saw the conversation of that tweet but i was kind of i i took a quick turn and tore him a new one like being through him a, a good bit of shade, but uh, but we can get to you get to that on the normal weekly show. I digress. We got lots of fun stuff to talk about in the past week, but we are dedicating this solely to Augusta, Georgia. Speaking of Zach, we got some. Let's lead it off with the questions. We got some uh, questions off of Twitter for us to uh, dive into and share with everybody. What you have? Yeah. So our first questions by our guy Nolan. He asks, "What's your favorite hole and why?" And then a second part is, "Why is Spieth so good here? And do you think this will be a year he struggles?" Hmm. That sounds like a three-part question. Um. Well, honestly, what's uh, what's your favorite hole at Augusta? I got mine. It's pretty simple for me. So my favorite's the 16th, I guess. For not much more reason other than that there seems to be a lot of excitement every year. Things can change, especially with the uh, water. and It's definitely played a big effect in the last uh, several years. <clears throat> Excuse me. 
Yes, absolutely. That's um, my second favorite hole at Augusta for sure. And and because to me it's the epitome of target golf where everyone comes up there and all you have to do is hit like that nice draw or nice punch cut 120-yard pitching wedge to a very weird spot of the green and that ball will just release down and around or you don't know if it's going in the hole or if it's going to be two feet away. It's it's a, it's a hole. And, and yet I've, I was watching that 86 Masters highlight in the final, final round or whatever and I forget who it was. I think it was Tom Watson straight dumped his shot like short of the of the water in the drink like excuse you <laughs> did you just fall asleep on down spray or something like i know it's a difficult hole and it's the masters and you know back nine but that seems to me that like the guys who are charging or the guys who are winning the tournament really have number 16 under wraps like it doesn't seem to be a difficult hole for those guys who are hot it seems to be really exciting yet really one-dimensional to me at least i mean that's why it's my second favorite so what's your favorite gotta love 13 i mean that par five is just something else in that it it's first of all that hole is the epitome to me of why i will always when it comes down to putting real money like hard money on the line at augusta i will pick lefties ever since mike weir uh, won in 02 and phil started making his playground i mean if and then bubba also i mean yeah. if, if you get the right kind of lefty who uh, who cuts the ball the right kind of way and Sorry, folks, for all those laymen out there. And this is why we're doing this. If you're a left-handed golfer, a cut travels right to left, which would be a hook for, you know, us righties. Or I'm, I'm a righty. Zach's right, at least from the one video I've seen of him golfing. And well, obviously when you, when you cut the ball as opposed to draw the ball, it puts <clears throat> uh, backspin on it as opposed to topspin. So it's not just a matter of moving left to right or right to left, folks. I mean, granted, the driver face technologies, thanks to TaylorMade, are getting better in, in reducing the backspin and giving you a lot of distance. But overall, if you can hit a cut off the tee or a slice, whatever you want to call it, if you can, as a righty, hit it left to right, a la Dustin Johnson, you can get the ball to go up higher and stop, not roll out into trouble. Now, a righty on 13, that's a big, sharp dog leg to the left like damn near 90 degrees i haven't been there in person i don't know what it looks like but it looks like from the tee box like all of a sudden where'd you go it seems easier to me in my personal experience and from what i know about the golf swing and physics that it's easier to hit a cut than a draw not for everybody but for most of us just that i have a friend of mine who he can't throw a four seam fastball he throws a two seam by default like every time we play catch they're trying to be just move off to the side a little bit and i'm just i tell him like cool knock it off and he's just like sorry that's how i throw i'm like so his default had movement, whatever. But that being said, the the lefties, they can control a cut. They can just wail a big 300-yard slice down that fairway. And anything that is a cut for them goes towards target. Whereas, gosh, guys like Tiger, he we've seen him at three wood off that tee. And we know he's reaching that hole in two. A lot of guys are reaching that hole in two. And then here's the beauty part. Good drives result in 200 yards out on a semi-slope fairway onto a very big green that seems like they take they don't seem to take much club to get there, but some people come up way short, and that green doesn't seem to release much. It's also the scene of my favorite, uh, the Fantastica shot, the Sir, uh, excuse me, not Sergio, the Seve hit in the final round of the 86 Masters. Was that, like, three iron from the fairway there that was just one of my favorite shots in golf. Way before my time. Shot not to go in the hole. It was before my time, too. I was, like, one and a half years old. I mean, come on. I wasn't mm. even a thought. But I <clears throat> but I like, I like 13 also in that it's the it's uh, the end of Amen Corner, and I say this with no hyperbole. If you play Bandon Trails at my golf resort, when you play 12, 
it's hard to think about it because 12 is a 215 yard par three that's the number 18 handicap the Raiders only get it right three out of every four times sorry just the way it goes I know those a-holes personally those limey bastards but anyways tangent upon tangent I apologize the when you stand back on 13 T our 13 T at trails is just a nice straightaway par four but if it were to cut to the left and you were to put Ray's Creek in front of you you would swear to Christ if you believed in him that that was amen corner and we were designed by uh, Crenshaw, Core uh, Crenshaw designed for uh, Bannon Trails, and you know he's in Augusta, he loves Augusta. There are so many nuances of Augusta at Bannon Trails, and so anytime they show, like, when those golfers go back to the 13th tee, it's like, I don't think there's cameras back there, or at least there's not camera men. There might be a stationary camera back in the trees or whatever, but the golfer's going to go back in the corner. It's just them and their caddies, and maybe an official or something, but it's quiet. It's just, it's very... As my old man told me, it's like you can hear the whispers in the forest or whatever. I mean, Augusta's like the only place that'll make you believe in ghosts and not in a bad way. So, Amen Corner is just a lot of fun. I mean, number 12 is a nutbuster of a hole at uh, Augusta, and uh, 13 has a great risk reward. It seems like if you take a par, that hurts. You can uh, go for it and mess up and take worse than a par, or you can still get up and down for a par, but uh, lots of eagles to be had on that hole, and that gets you revved up because 15 is another very attackable par 5. I mean, the back, Augusta's just tremendous it's augusta's that hot chick that i complain about not paying attention to me other <laughs> yeah. than that I, I got no complaints i mean it's just i want to pick it apart but in the end it's like ah she's great yeah it's Isn't pretty great? perfect I mean, from a heterosexual viewpoint strictly obviously so yeah 13th that's my favorite hole 16th is your favorite hole that's uh both on the back side that's a uh, good choice yes yeah, so <clears> now <throat> we could go on to the second part of the question so is there a reason Steve's so good at this course and is this year you think he struggled? <laughs> so I'll let you go ahead first. Well, let's let's. This will be the sixth Masters that Jordan Spieth has teed it up in. And considering he scared me earlier in the Valero Texas Open, I I feel like writing a piece just on why are these guys only showing up in tournaments that they've won before? Like, is is familiarity that big a deal? Much like I said, when Ian Poulter found out he was losing his card, like he had a gun to his head, all of a sudden he started hitting it within inches of the flag. It's like. Can't you just that was conjured up inside you? Can't you you know you can do that? Can't you just dial that up anytime now? It's hard. It's like it's like adrenaline essentially, I think, where you have to have somebody trapped under the car to lift a thousand pound car off of somebody. I mean, it's just whatever. But uh Jordan Speeth, this will be his sixth Masters. He's he was like very Mike Trout or Tom Brady esque in that he was for his first three years, he took second, first, second. And in 2017, in 2017, he took 11th. And the last year, it's. I mean, on one hand, I don't want to vote against him because of the quasi Tom Brady factor, which is like some guys at some courses you just can't freaking rule them out. But that being said, uh, remind me later. I have a, a name where I might need you to look up uh, some odds on the spot for me. But um, <clears throat> it's Jordan. Okay. It, it's, this is one of those weird anomalies right now where Jordan's game is in complete shambles. His brain is in so many fragments that we, that, oh, the poor kid. And now he's coming to Augusta where everything might just click again. If, if anyone knows how to flip a switch, we, we saw it in Burkdale after his 45-minute hole in 2015. Jordan Spieth knows how to, like, he, he's got a few extra tanks of NOS and knows how to throw on some afterburners. I mean, because after that, that hole that took forever, which he wound up getting a bogey on after all those drops or whatever, he, he almost aced the next hole. Poor Matt Kuchar was just sitting there, like, dabbing sweat off his own brow. I mean, it's it's hard to root against Spieth at Augusta. But if I'm taking this from, like, like from a medical perspective, like as a doctor, per se, 
hell no. Jordan Spieth does not have a chance this year. He's 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 a burning tire fire right now of a gopher. I mean, it's just I don't. What do you think? So I think yeah, I think he's at a pretty big disadvantage this year. I think this year more than ever, his driving distance will hurt him and his accuracy. I mean, he can't yeah. hit a fairway for his life, even though the rough isn't too he, bad. It's it, it was one of those things where people always I hate that counter argument where everyone says, Well Tiger was really accurate with the driver. It's like, yeah, but Tiger was strong. And Tiger's and, Tiger. Well but that I mean there are, now there are a lot of golfers who are strong enough like that. But back in the day, to say Tiger's Tiger, yeah, that's what that means, but we need to unpack that a little bit and Tiger really didn't need accuracy to possess like he had a solid short game and when his putter was on fire he was beating everyone. But he didn't need accuracy off the tee because if he was in the rough he could still make the ball go wherever he wanted to. And a lot, some golfers can't do that. Jordan Spieth, we all know him. He's notoriously average on distance. I think he's a little above that. I'm sorry, because a lot of people say he's, he's sneaky longer than you think. Yeah, but at the same time, his game isn't built for. He's got like a very Johnny Miller esque swing in terms of his grip and his arms, where you you'd think there'd be more power there, but it's not. It's just it's it's like a very streaky, swathy. I don't know how to describe it. It's just very it's tricky. Yeah, like, and... I, when I warm up on the range, I swing like Jordan Speed. I'm like mostly all arms, my hands turned over, completely neutral to like weak or whatever, and then, and then then I start like really swinging at it, and I start thinking to myself, all right, think Johnny Miller, think Johnny Miller. Then I start really swiping it, and then once I'm warmed up and I'm moving my body, I'm an all body player, really. I mean, if I'm playing good proper golf, I'm using more my body than anything else. I mean, that's what you're supposed to do. It's only taken me 30 GD years of playing golf to figure that out. So, what do you what do you think Jordan's going to finish this week? I, I I didn't even think about this. I mean. I don't know, the way he's putting, this week he finally had a good week putting, but as you know, the Masters is probably the hardest three or four foot putts in the world. And What uh, kind of odds would you give me straight up right now for if for him to miss the cut? That's a hard question, because I don't think that let's many just, guys... Let's just call it, so, go just with, call it something personal between us. Like, 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 I say he misses the cut, but you got to give me like, like 10 to 1 odds, or like 20 to 1 odds, or some shit. I mean, come on. Yeah, I'll give like 25 to 1. Oh well, thank you, man. I, I thought I was throwing out. To, okay, yeah, you're on. I uh, t- you heard it here, folks. Put it on the board. I say Jordan Spieth misses the cut. Okay, one Rona to twenty-five Ronas. The hell's a Rona? A Corona? You know? Oh co- <laughs> come on! <laughs> Sorry, I forgot. You're north of the border, and you're in a tropical paradise right now. So you're probably like in super party mode. Or a nice Molson. <laughs> I like Molson. I was partial to Kokanee when uh, when I uh, had my first port call in Canada when I was in the Coast Guard in Victoria. I was 19, so like when we go to South America, Central America, and other countries, you can drink, you know, anywhere in America. America's the only one that's 21 and over. But uh, I remember having Kokanee on tap at a couple restaurants, and I just remember. First of all, it was like only the second beer I've ever had on tap, and draft beer is delicious. And I just remember it was. I think I got a hold of it in bottles somewhere in Colorado, and I didn't like it. But I don't like beer out of a bottle. Like you, you got to pour it out of the bottle. The metal from the cap makes me taste like I'm drinking nickels. Yeah, I agree there. And then uh, Moostrol's good. I'm a, I'm a fan of Moostrol if you're in, in the mood for a good nut brown ale. But anyways, sorry. Yeah, so I think he makes a cut, but I don't think he does much better than that. Well, see, but I'm I'm this guy is so heads or tails for me that I feel like if he makes the cut, it's because he's going to be in the lead or top five or something. Jordan's not going to fringe. And that's yeah, why it's gonna that, break my heart. I'm gonna, I'm gonna put like, let's just call it. I got one simoleon versus your 25 here, saying that he misses the cut. 
it's going to be real dramatic when he makes the cut by one shot and then nothing happens. I mean, that's probably what you're going to see. That's like the lame reality. But I think anything else could make it really entertaining. I mean, I like Jordan Spieth doing good. This is. I mean, he hasn't done worse is, than 11th in his career, so it's hard to bet against him. He, yeah, but I mean, but as I said, even back when Jordan Spieth was starting, everyone ease up, okay? The more attention we put on this kid, I, I could see from a mile away that it wouldn't do him any good. He didn't have the personality for it. I'm not saying he doesn't have a good personality or doesn't have, like, any type of constitution or whatever. It's just, no. It's like, but the kid, how was he? How was Jordan Spieth? 24? I think 25. 25. <clears throat> yeah, he's at the oldest he's in his mid-20s for crying out loud he's been on our radar since 2014 which was when he was 20 i mean he, he couldn't even buy like a six-pack of beer legally in this in this country and then by this country i mean uh uh america not in montreal so, you're good there so do you so <clears throat> speak at augusta i think a hundred percent this will be the year where I will officially galvanize, really, my opinion on Jordan Spieth at Augusta. If he does well, then I can never rule him out, obviously. I then he's just winning every like, year. He's, he's, or he's in top five every year or something. Like I said, that's where the Tom Brady factor comes into play, where it's just like, Christ, this man lives in the Super Bowl now. Just what? I mean, yeah, could you that, imagine that 11th, Spieth that, wins? That 11th, but... place in, well, that 11th place in 2017, that was like Tom Brady's broken leg year. So when uh, when... When Matt Castle took the Patriots to an 11 win season and they didn't make the playoffs, that was that was pretty interesting. Yeah, imagine Spieth wins though after such a terrible year, just comes out and just wins the match. That's why I'm saying I'm not 100 percent ruling it out this time. Like that's why I'm saying this will be the year I'll decide. Like if he wins this year, I'll be like, okay, it's Jordan Spieth and the lefties at Augusta all the time. Yeah, and then. Uh, and then if he doesn't win, then I'll be like, all right, well, depending on where he finishes this time, we'll see the nature of his game overall for the for God knows how long. So, anyways, Nolan, thank you for those two questions. Are you satisfied? Uh, I'm very satisfied with those two from Nolan. What else you got? And then so we have one last by Marcelo. It's uh, more of a suggested topic. It's to discuss the women's amateur at Augusta National. And I yeah, actually girls... didn't catch any of it, but I know you did. Well, yeah, I, I can. I'll be brief with that. Yeah, I've never said that in my life or lived up to it. That the girls, I got to watch them play a little bit um, on their final round, which was at Augusta. Now, I didn't know like the setup or the format in terms of like the rounds leading up to it or where they were at. But uh, it was fun watching the ladies play. I, I I heard and saw in terms of a lot of headlines and social media people saying. This is the first time women, the women have gotten to play at Augusta. And I didn't know if it was women in general or the women. I don't know. I, I'm, I'm not. I, I'm not too hip to my old white guy history. I mean, in terms of like, who, who's a. Anyways, I know Condoleezza Rice has played there before, so it's not like these are the first ladies to ever tee it up. Yeah, period. It's first Augusta, but, correct. Correct. Well, but to be fair, other than the Masters, it's like, well, what tournaments really go to Augusta in the first place? I mean, it's kind of. Just built brought Bobby Jones built it just for this uh, the the Augusta Invitational. I mean that's what it was. Yeah, so I guess I have a pretty hot take on this whole thing. So all the players are talking about how great it is that they're bringing the woman in, which I agree it would be great if you had a tournament there if that's what they wanted. Go ahead with it, but this seems to me like a pretty phony marketing scheme almost because the first three rounds were not at Augusta. It's like. Oh, the lucky few who make it to the last round get to play one round at Augusta. I see where you're coming from. I uh, I I didn't take enough of a bite of the sandwich to really 
be able to formulate that. It, I don't know. Like that's why I made the white guy comment because that's what I am. It's hard for me like to. I hate to say it, folks, for me to really pay attention to too much else that doesn't relate to me in that regard immediately. I I can't relate to women's issues. It, it, let's let's be honest. When it comes to certain things, where whether you're a certain gender or where you're from, and we're not going to get like super deep or political or anything like that. But ultimately, it's just it's sometimes it's hard to be aware or hard to care sometimes not so much care but just like i i was so tuned out about this i didn't know what was going on until it was happening and i started watching it and i enjoyed it like what where were the where were they playing before augusta i didn't even know i it was some like uh, it might have been a and a tournament but to me they should have just had all four rounds at augusta rather than just doing the final round hmm well i i like it just in terms of we don't have to the outsider looking into golf you could say golf is very stunted uh there's not like much equality or growth or whatever and i would say you're absolutely right the trouble is with golf is it is the nature of its sport in progressiveness and that it moves at a glacial pace like golf will will inevitably grow and change as always it just is the slowest moving evolution out of all the things that do grow and evolve whether for better or for worse i mean it just it, if you could just look at it in terms of golf attire like i mean it, 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 there's a reason why 100 years ago women uh, professional women golfers couldn't drive it more than 100 yards if you look at their big woolen skirts that they wore and like think about it raining or whatever it's just like yeah no wonder they couldn't hit it like 50 feet and those are the pro ladies i mean it's just and then golf's obviously now turned into more athletic gear because you have to be comfortable loose like uh you know billowy things like that so yeah they're very old school golf I I, di- I appreciate the girls doing what they're doing. I feel like if the, if the world was any less woke or any slower, I would I would be that guy saying it would be all for nothing, like shame, you know. But it, this is just the glacial golf has been around for a long time, and it took a couple of Americans, one with a bunch of TV cameras following him around, for golf to get off the island of England. I mean, it was stuck there for four to five hundred years, and it took America discovering the hobby and turning it into a like not turning it into a sport but i mean kind of making it like we discovered it, it we brought golf over here like in the uh, i'd say it was a very late 19th century very late and then after yeah, about 20 sense. years 20 30 years it finally caught on in terms of aha you can golf in america and in england now and then all of a sudden arnold palmer showed up and the cameras were over here and tv was over here and that's why england's like thank you arnold palmer lifetime exemption on the european tour because they know they they they've had to fight wars being that island just stuck there i don't i mean greg can tell us all about it i mean god sakes <laughs> yeah so we're 20 minutes in we'll give you guys uh we'll move on to this year and give you guys some of our picks so i guess we'll start yeah. off who's your number one favorite to win and i'll give you mine and then we'll go into some other guys well, if any of the caddies from the Band Dudes Caddy Shack are listening, which it turns out, <laughs> I'm not going to call you guys fans, those colleagues of mine who are listening, but you know who you are, but I heard somebody say the other day, like, he's like, yeah, uh, so-and-so said you're like the spoke, Jerry, you're like the spokesperson for Band Dudes right now or something. I'm just like, nah, no, nah, that's bullcrap. I talk a lot of shit on Band Dudes' behalf or on my behalf, but spokesperson, no. And in the end, shouldn't we all be one united spokesperson for ourselves? I mean, come on. And and the caddy in question who said this is a friend of mine. I'm not going to say his name, but he, uh, uh, I think there was a misunderstanding or whatever. But uh, 
like I've gotten guys coming up to me saying like, wait, there's this guy, Jerry Lou on the free agent list. I, I, I just read his article like on this website and just, and I'm sitting there like going like, that's me. That's not interesting. But, you uh, are Jerry Lou. I did, I did say at the Caddyshack, uh, smoke pit a couple days ago. Uh, I just thought about it, thought about it. And I said, you heard it here first folks, because he's starting to become really the more I, the more I think about it, the more I marinate on it, marinate on it. He's becoming my favorite golfer. Augusta native Charles Howell III to break out Chucky at three 150 sticks. to one. I don't care if that is long shot territory, but I pick him to win the whole kit and caboodle in terms of that's that's my that's where my heart's going. In short, if I need to pick a, a regular stallion, I like Jason Day. I really actually do. I can see Jason Day slipping on the green jacket and at 25 or 28 to one, depending on the uh, website you're looking at. That's pretty fair returns in in terms of in my top 10 model. He has the worst odds, so. Yeah, I like that. Plus, he's Chucky Three Six. Great nickname. You gotta root for him. Oh yes. Oh, and by the way, thank you everyone on Twitter who replied to the um, nicknames uh, tweet that I put out there saying what were fun nicknames you've heard in golf. And I, I didn't even really. I let you guys think it. Where we, some people said Shankopotamus, some people said Lumpy for Tim Heron. Like we had generic and we had proper nicknames and. I, I was going to clarify, but I, they were all both coming in on both sides. I'm like, no, 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 leave it. This is all good stuff. So hopefully if I can figure out my uh, uh, my Microsoft Word issues, I can actually continue submitting some pieces here because I went to go work on the uh, Best Player Without a Major piece, and, yeah, it wasn't working. So, And also I do like, all, uh, in terms of uh, people getting uh, geared up for the Masters, yes, Charlie Hoffman just finished 17-under for the Valero Texas Open, three off the lead, T2. But Charlie Hoffman is like Tommy Fleetwood where – you can pencil in Charlie Hoffman to be the 36 or 54 hole leader. Who cares? That could get you some money, and that's all. It's much like seeing, like saying Tommy Fleetwood will have the low round of a major. Yeah, that's kind of like a sucker bet as well. It's just kind of the way it goes. So, I it kind of in a similar vein though. Ryan Moore have not seen or heard from him in a very long time. I'm gonna pull up Ryan Moore's uh, um, uh, finishes in the Masters. I didn't think about this. I should have been a little more prepared, but. Ryan Moore, I thought, hey, he's a great golfer. Grant, he hasn't been around at all for a very long time. I went to look up his odds, 201. Not to, and but this was pretty. I mean, this could change this week based off of this tournament. But as of right now, the Valero Texas Open finished. It is the seventh of April, a week. The Masters week is starting in about five minutes. And so, I mean, this is. Uh, yeah, I like that. What do you pick got for sure? I'm sure last year coming into it, he was probably around like 100 to one or 125 to one. And- He's had a bit of an off year. But I, I just remember he, he seemed to, like, surface and, and like, fl- he's PXG. He does not hit the ball far. He's got a – he literally is, has Jim Furyk swing but backwards. Like, it's like an inverted Jim Furyk swing the way he, he, like, loops it and then brings it steep and down or something. I don't know how he does it. And he doesn't hit the ball tremendous, tremendously far. I think he, like, maxes out, like, 285 or something. And that's not carry. I'm just saying that's with the rollout of, uh, a couple of years ago. But when Ryan's on – could say this about any golfer when ryan moore is on he's on i used to not like him i come i've come around on ryan moore the past four or five years i really enjoy watching that guy play golf he is a he's a shot maker he's got a great short game he hit his attitude which seemed to be crummy back in the day seems to be very fitting now in terms of how to be a competitor and how to be like also have fun with it too i mean uh, what do you think, real quick? Uh, who, 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 who are your picks while I'm looking up Ryan Moore's finish in the, in so the Masters? My pick to win, coming in at 28 to 1, is uh, the mad scientist Bryson DeChambeau. 
He's done pretty well here. He's improved each year. Last year, however, he lost six strokes putting. He would have been right up there with the leaders. Really? And Mm. I find this course, it's very, like, analytical. You know, you know where to miss. You figure out there's a lot of angles and geometry that go into it. And I don't know how much Bryson's right about. Personally, I actually think he does know what he's talking about. And I sort of think this suits his game very well. What's Bryson's... Uh, oh, wait, we were talking about that. He has different numbers. What did you have him at? Well, he's like 28 to 1, 25 to 28. That's right. <clears throat> yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, I had him, and yeah, my model had him at 20. That was... Sorry, folks. That was pretty disparaging. We had we had like a little spit take when we were doing our pre-show runner before this. We were like comparing... Like I said, I, I go off of uh, I, a, a certain model and Odd Shark mostly. I mean, Odd Shark gives me the deeper, much thicker field lines, but... Oh, but well, if you're giving me 28 to 1 and 20 to 1, that's a little like, if you have a five-point difference, that's, I'll, I'll balk. This is eight points and, and, and 28 overall. So anyways, real quick, I got Ryan Moore's uh, finishes here at Augusta. He took a T45 and 03. He took a T13 and 05, low amateur. He did not play in 02, 04, 06, 07, 08, or 09. Uh, but in 09, wow, tied for 10th in the U.S. Open. Cool. So, since 2010, he's been competing regularly in the Masters, going tied for 14th, tied for 35th, did not play in 2012, tied for 38th in 2013, missed the cut in 2014, tied for 12th in 2015, missed the cut in 2016, tied for 9th in 2017, and tied for 28th. So, in, 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 according to the trends that I'm looking at right now, he could be slated to win it just in terms of he have a pretty good he, T for 38 cut, T12 cut. T9, not cut. He was T for 28 right after that T9. But um, this year, he yeah, did. Ryan Moore. I, I really, well, gosh, I mean, I, I love Charles Howell the third. I'm just, I'm, I'm really falling in love with the guy just because of how hard a worker he is. Ryan Moore, because of what he did the last five minutes. Jason Day, if I want to make a, a grown up pick. But of course, I'm going to root for DJ or Rory. Like, in my heart of hearts, those are two guys who are like striking the ball the best right now, and I want to see him out there. Um, I, I don't have it in front of me. What do you have Bubba Watson at? I need I need a top lefty here. I have Bubba coming in at forty to one. I'm sorry, forty. Forty to one. Just forty. Just forty. Okay, just 40. forty to one. What okay. about like Brian Harmon? There's a lefty for you. He's probably well, coming in at steep odds. Yeah, actually, yeah. Give me give me a Harmon also. If you want a real long Please. try, you go Harmon at two fifty to one. Good grief, folks. The lefties play. Augusta's so good. Brian Harmon, 250 to 1. Man, this might be long shot heaven. I mean, this is. Oh, but then yeah, again, I'm just, out, I'm just sitting out here, like, shooting arrows up into the air, like, look at that. I oh, mean, there's so many good long shots, it seems. Oh, crap. I'll give you my last uh, pretty big name pick. He's leading the field. Do you know who's leading the field in shots gained approach their last 24 rounds? Adam Scott. Wrong. Hideki Matsuyama. <laughs> oh, come on. My guy. I, why did I take a beat and... Uh, okay, that's good. Good for you. That's... uh, who, who who's Do you have who's leading strokes game putting right now, just out of curiosity? Strokes game putting? I could tell you. I just... That's I that's usually the one strokes game that I pay the most attention to. And then Brian A, you know, burned me uh, the desert classic. What are you going to do? Meanwhile, uh, something I want to give a quick plug for. It's not really a plug. 
Zach is uh, Canadian, but he is in uh, Florida right now on vacation. And I asked him if there's any Safeway grocery stores there. Safeway would be Kroger, I think, the American company. Because we do have a McKay's in my town, and they're IGA. And let me tell you, we, you and I, we'll talk about IGA often. We have IGA. They're a lot of fun. Because no, that's a Canadian company. It's IGA is like... Okay, never mind. I'm pretty Ignore sure that. it's like... It, <laughs> that's like me saying like, hey, they got a Tim Hortons here. And you're like, we got Tim Hortons. I'm like, that's why I'm telling you, eh? <laughs> yeah, well... <laughs> so anyways, real quick. This is uh, Masters related. Uh, coming up after the Masters on HBO is the season... The final season, episode one uh, premiere of Game of Thrones, a show that I'm not even into that theme or that style of entertainment, but I'm into good TV shows. And Game of Thrones is legit. And I was at my Safeway slash Kroger grocery store today, and they had at a kiosk there all the seasons of Game of Thrones sold individually for 12 bucks a piece American. And uh, and then I rifled through them a little bit, and I saw right behind the standard definition was the Blu-ray for the same exact price and the kid at the, the check stand told me he said uh yeah walmart right now is trotting these out for 25 bucks a season you know to get people geared up for the new game of thrones and i was even thinking about it on amazon this morning about getting game of thrones just to re- rebuff myself but here i am holding in my hands the complete first season game of thrones blu-ray got it for 12 dollars. you'll know what i'll be watching this week when uh if i'm not working god i did four days of 36 holes the past six days that's and the weather on the weather on one of those days was top three bad weather day, and it was with that douche pencil that I was uh, uh, caddying for. Anyway, sorry, I was uh, bloviating about Game of Thrones while you were doing what, Zach? So we found out the shots game putting. It's surprisingly yes. Jason Day. Ha! My man, that <laughs> yeah. works out great. I had no idea. We got Day then just behind Fowler, Billy, Billy Ho. Brent Snedeker. Sneds. I, I've been talking a lot of trash on Sneds. He's been playing some pretty good golf. I, I think he's over his injury. and uh, Yeah, that's uh, Jason Day. Not too shabby. Well, listen, we uh, anything else you want to talk about in terms of the picks? I got a, yeah, I got a question some I can wrap shots. up with you. Well, I gave you my long shots. Oh, you don't I mean, have a couple others? There's so many good ones. Uh, well, I mean, I, I thought when I picked Charles Howell III a few days ago, I, I, when I declared it, I was like, sign, sealed, delivered. I'm not picking anyone else. It was Charles Howell III at 150-1. to 1. I like Ryan Moore at 200-1. to 1. Uh, Brian Harmon is the lefty at 250-1. to 1. Perfect. But if for the serious picks, I like Jason Day. My model shows him at 25-1. to 1. Uh, DJ and Rory, obviously, are the heavies. And uh, Bubba's 40-1. to 1. But, I mean, long shots, it's a small field, man. It's uh, the, the Masters doesn't have that many golfers. It's... Let me, let me, uh... What about Cameron what do, Champ? What do you got for... What, what's Cam Champ at? Cam Champ, 200 to 1. If okay. the rough isn't as big an effect as people think, I think he could definitely be up there making some eagles. We also have Billy Ho, 150 to 1. And like I said, he's third in the field in putting. Just coming well, off a terrible about, week, his first miscut of the year. What about your, what, what about your uh, Canadian broski, Mike Weird, 2,000 to 1? Much like how... Ke- Kevin Malone said, "If anyone gives you a, th- oh, he might have said ten thousand one, but he said like, if anyone ever gives you a thousand to one odds, you take it." Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so we'll ca- we'll call it the Mike Weir line. It's like if anyone ever gives you two thousand to one odds, you take it. I would say that <laughs> Leicester City winning the Premier League was way less of an upset than if Mike Weir to- were to win the Masters. Ouch. <laughs> Anywhere within twenty strokes of the lead after round two would be 
Not too bad. We got Jason Duffner here at 401. Oh, the Duff That's Daddy. a little unfair. That's a little unfair. Uh, let me look up Duff's finishes in the, at Augusta. I, don't, I wonder what's indicative of... Is Duffner, like... Uh, can you look him up on PJ or the stats or whatever you're looking up in terms of uh, what's Duffner ranked in is all his statistical categories? Uh, I don't know where you look up your stats currently. I don't I mean, think I'm Duffner's my... in the field. Well, why would they give odds for him? Is he? Oh, he must have just been added then. Somehow. Yeah, he's coming in at 400 saying. to 1. Um, well, he doesn't do so hot at Augusta. We we got him teeing it up uh, only since 2010, so only in this decade. He went T30, didn't play, T24, T20, cut, T49, cut, T33, cut. Oh, that's not great. Which is funny because in the U.S. Open, he's got three top tens. Two of them are top fives. In 2012-2013, he T4'd both those years while booking, bookending him with cuts in 2011-2014. Wow. Yeah, Very but... interesting. And he withdrew from the PGA Championship the year after he won. It's weird. I didn't know that. I like Jason Duffner. I've heard a few uh, cool nuggets of uh, uh, things uh, about him. And, uh, yeah, I he's like worth him a shot. More. He showed he could be up there on the leaderboard at the majors. So I don't hate it. Well, but I, I distinctly remember like the second I declared uh, him the best golfer without a major, he won one. So I'm like, okay, well, we'll never hear from you again. Let's see... Pat Perez is also at 400 to 1. I mean, VJ Singh's at 301 for Christ's sakes. Yeah, Jason well, Duffner and VJ Singh, if they were to go head to head at Augusta, I bet you D- Duffner would beat him three out of four rounds. I mean, come yeah. on. What about uh, Adam Hadwin, 250 to 1? Shout out Canada. What's up? Yes, Adam Hadwin. I don't know if he still has the same caddy, Joe Cruz. Uh, turns out Joey worked at Bandon Dunes. I did not know that. He did a tour through uh, the Bandon Dunes caddy shack. So it's not just Tim Tucker, Bryson's caddy, but. I don't know if we talked about this. Hadwin's caddy. He's a uh, if it's still the same guy. I I like Hadwin. I actually don't like him, but I was giving a shout. Okay, out good. To then I didn't. I didn't. I didn't have to. I didn't have to placate you that long. <laughs> Who else? Uh, uh, Grio. No, it's the same as Keimer. Kevin Knott, two hundred one. Lucas Biergarten. Be Why is Danny Willett at two hundred one and JB Holmes at two hundred one? That doesn't make sense. Like Jamie Holmes is clearly the better golfer. Charlie yeah, Hoffman, two hundred one. Anyone who's, in case anyone who's uh, wondering about the 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 Hoffman, yeah, yeah some right there good internationals Chan. too. I would take a chance on Lee Westwood, one fifty to one. You know that's that's funny that I bring him up because in doing all that information, looking uh, looking up uh, international players who are the best without a major, Lee Westwood. Actually, I'm glad I brought him up. Thank you, Jerry. Is trending upward right now at Augusta. Um, I don't know how old he is. He's got to be like in his mid to late forties. He's forty-five, and I looked up his recent finishes at Augusta um, and checked this out. Now that's World Golf Championships. So he's been playing teeing it up at Augusta pretty rare, regularly since ninety-seven. Okay, missed a lot of cuts. Missed a lot of cuts and didn't play a lot in the two thousands. Then all of a sudden. Starting in 2007, he started to make a lot more cuts. Like he went, and I'm going to skip a few here, but starting in 2010, this is his finishes at Augusta: second, T11, T3, T8, seven, T46, T2, T18, 
and didn't play last year. He only played in one major last year. It was the British Open. But hmm. he is, like, compared to his first half of his career at Augusta, which was cut, didn't play, 44th. Didn't play, didn't play, cut, cut, T30, T11, 43rd. His second half, he has five top tens, three top fives. Three of those top fives are top threes. Two of those are runners-up. Lee Westwood, my least favorite golfer, my favorite golfer to make fun of all the time, is trending upwards a little bit at Augusta this past decade. It maybe he figured something out. Blech. Some of these Whatever. odds, though, well, yeah, they, they completely surprised me. I, some of these guys, they're not the bigger names, but you got like Hao Tong Lee at 100 to 1, Lucas Biergarten, 125 I got, to 1. I'm looking at, yeah, I got that for Lucas. I got Hao Tong Lee at uh, 125 to 1, what I'm, yes. I mean, I'm, on the screen I'm staring at. Even that, you got Matt Wallace, 150 to 1. These three, they've been playing like oh, peak golf. And we'd be remiss if we didn't mention uh, defending champ uh, Patrick Reed. I see him here at Odds Shark at 50 to 1. Yeah, not a fan. Not a fan I of the guy, fair. not a fan of his oh. golf. I, I guess because I live in a day and age where, because I'm not one of those people who agrees with you, like not a fan, I guess I am a fan. I like Patrick Reed. I got nothing. I don't know anything that personally bad about him. I, I got nothing against him. I don't well, like. If you his win wife. any money, you better make sure he's not near you. He might take it. That's, he's never going to be near me ever. Come on. <laughs> what? In what regard is he going to be near me? Like I can think of two, and they still don't. They still don't have anything to do with me having money around him. <laughs> no, not a fan. I saw him at the Farmers Insurance. Asked for an interview oh, really? for the people. Was going to get an interview for the people. He shunned me and had his agent tell me no. Yeah, it was, it was pretty how, funny, how, though. I was going to say, how many other guys had their agent tell you no? I mean, I'm sure you got a lot of no's. Him and Tony Fino, those are the only two. That had their agent talk to you? Yeah. Well, Patrick yeah. Reed, though, Tony Fino, like, said no to me, and then his agent's like, oh, he's busy. Patrick Reed went with to put the AirPods in and walk right by. Oh, well, I, I can relate to that a little bit, the AirPods yeah. or whatever. But uh, no, I, I, I get it. I get it in terms of people who are polarizing. Believe you me, it's like Kuchar's in that boat now. And Sergio, it turns out he's never in that boat. It, I guess he was asshole du jour the whole time. But <laughs> Yeah, no, but more I just don't love his game heading into it. And we also don't know how DJ's going to do, if you think about it. Because last year, he uh, fell down them steps, and we don't know how he finished. Let me pull up his recent finishes in, uh, at Augusta real quick. But uh, we're about to wrap this up. Um, Do you want to give your top anything... three? Top three for Augusta? Yeah. Yeah. In, in, oh, okay. Your top three finishes. How do you think it ends? Oh, God. See. Um, I have in the top three finishing... In no particular order, I'm wasting time here because I'm looking up DJ stats in the mage. Oh my! Here, I'll give I you got... mine while you're looking it up. I'm gonna go Wait, with no, DJ played the Masters last year. Oh. Why did I keep telling everyone that he he fell down the stairs last year and everyone kept nodding and believing me? He he, he tied for tenth last year. That was that, two that years was ago. Evidently, I like uh, I like Dustin Johnson, Rory McIlroy, and uh, Jason Day in the top three in that order in terms of what I think the final three are going to be. I'm going to go with DeChambeau lifts the trophy. Dustin in second. There's no and... trophy to lift. It's a jacket, man. Okay, you're very right on that. DeChambeau <laughs> rocks the jacket. 
<laughs> Next year, he's going to bring some great food. Who knows what he'll bring? He'll probably like poison his opponents for the advantage. Nah, he's going to crush up a bunch of calculators and feed them to everyone with like plastic sports. Exactly. DJ second, Hideki third. Okay, okay. I would I, say I, it's uh, almost I, for sure going to be right. That I prediction. like that. D- DJ, no, that's that's good. I, I just I've, I've pick, I had so many picks and like I didn't really think of a top three in that regard. So I feel like I'm I'm like really betting on the whole field right now. Uh, real quick, DJ not counting his 2017 slipperoo down the stairs. 2015 T6, 2016 T4 slipped down the stairs. 2017 last year T10. So his last four three of the last four years where he teed it up, he tied for tenth or better T10s at Augusta. So, yeah. Zach, I got an Augusta question for you, or a Masters question for you. We didn't prep it, throwing it you, throwing it to you on the spot. And you know, what? I really don't even almost have an answer quite yet. But uh, what's your favorite Masters? My favorite Masters. And you can't say '97. No, I'm gonna go with the will it win and the speed collapse. Oh, gross! You can go with '97 if you want. Then no, <laughs> I'm going with. I think it was 2016, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, 2016. Yeah, Will it went uh, five under on Sunday to catch up. Speed put a few insane. in the water. I, it was very exciting, <laughs> to say the on. least. That yeah, that was uh oh god, Danny Willett. I mean, I like the guy, but it's like his only tour win ever, or, or ever any win ever. He's a lucky man. And Otherwise, as we spoke of earlier, Jonas well, Blixt tied for second oh. that year. Oh, I thought you said he tied for second in uh, 2014 when Spieth was second and uh, Watson won. Oh, you might be right, but that's still, still pretty. But still, funny. yeah, Blix, Blix, yeah, did take a T2 in there. So, uh, Danny Willett. I mean, that's okay. Yeah, okay, that's not bad, not bad. I, I get it. That that's what folks. That's what makes good shows is when the two talking heads don't always agree on everything. Because I totally don't like Zach's approach on that like why he picked that one for whatever that's like saying his favorite uh, NASCAR was the one that uh, uh, Dale uh, Earnhardt got uh, got killed in Jeez, just, like, whatever that's the... <laughs> <laughs> I realized as I was singing I can't go back and that was really dark <laughs> yeah geez you need to blur that out <laughs> sorry we don't have sorry enough that. proper uh, editing to blur that out so everyone's just gonna have to hear it well I, I would hope there aren't too many NASCAR you know what screw it if there are NASCAR fans listen then uh, good for you guys I mean sports is sports I yeah, I just like turn. sports for the competition the competitive nature to succeed and become victorious and have a winner and you can't do that when everyone, cr- when everyone crashes and dies there is no winner and quite, in fact it's the you opposite just keep everyone... making that left turn and, for, and then you realize that it, it's not worth watching so uh, my favorite, in short, real quick before we wrap up, my favorite Masters probably has to be 1992, Freddie Couples, because it was as only as is the cool golfers in the world out there. You got to have at least just one major, and and Boom Boom only had one major, and I distinctly remember at the 12th hole at Rays Creek, the par three, his ball did not roll down into the creek somehow it's the only golf ball still to this day i think that did not roll down in the creek and just the gods were helping him and they gave freddie and his uh, destroyed back that one major that inevitably as we know now is his only major because poor boom boom has as he said has probably swung his last golf club for good recently is his back just uh, cannot take it anymore so and 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 i've been on the record of saying that Fred Couples is so cool. He's the only man who would not look bad using a ball retriever. He is, he is the smoothest 
like oh man why why we didn't see him like with some big sex scandal or or maybe we knew and didn't care you know he's just like mr playboy they let it go i don't know he's like frank sinatra where it's just like the housewives loved him the the single girls loved him the guys loved him i mean the kids loved him it's just whatever yeah so i guess that's that and uh lastly we're still going to be doing our regular episode this is just a special bonus masters one yes we uh, have the microphones on the way the music's going to be a little bit better we promise uh everything's uh everything's getting tightened up a little bit uh just like a thousand sit-ups at a time yeah and hopefully our picks are somewhat right like oh. just one <laughs> we just want one right between us well i definitely we definitely did the uh scatter shot here so um unless you got anything to add uh zach i'm gonna have the i'm gonna have the nice piano and guitar play us out yeah i'm good to go all right folks thanks for listening Check us out on the website. Check us out on Twitter. I'm at Jerry Lou Looper with the number one right after that. Yeah, and I'm at From the Back Tees, and we'll catch you guys on Wednesday. All right, guys. It was nice talking to you today. Goodbye, friends.